Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Andy Rourke. I've got some exciting news for you right here off the bat. I know that you are probably devastated that the Uncharted April conference has sold out and you have been weeping into your podcast playing device, feeling like, ah, how am I going to go on not being able to be there and be a part of the magic? How am I going to go on not attending tiny intimate workshops with people like Dr. Adam Little, Dr. Caitlin DeWild, Bill Schroeder, Dr. Marianne Vandalindi, hearing from Dr. Andy Rourke, who's going to be there hanging out with all his buddies, uh, making friends, and God, having the best time of my life. I that's, that's hard to bear. I didn't get it. I got good news for you. Right now, the Uncharted online community is running a risk-free guarantee. That means if you sign up for the Uncharted membership, you'll get to see you'll get to see the, the main stage. We live stream it into the community. You'll be able to watch it. There'll be some comments on it. You'll be able to talk about it with other people. Uh, you will get to see the workshops as fast as we can get them turned around. And I think that's going to be ridiculously fast this year. We've got a new plan for getting workshops in there so you can hear them and see them and be a part of them and all the handouts will be there and all that sort of stuff. You also have access to the community itself, which is the biggest, coolest part of Uncharted. We've got the school, we've got our webinars, we've got intensive courses going on right now. There's actually a team communication intensive course going on in Uncharted right now. Uh, as I'm recording this today, we have a, a members only webinar on scheduling. It's just tons of stuff happening all the time. You can try it out. 100% risk-free guarantee. Join Uncharted. If you're not happy in the first 30 days for sure, let us know. Uh, no hard feelings. You can totally get your money back. Nothing lost. Hey, you can even show up and, and see the conference. And if you still think, hey, this isn't worth it for me or this isn't right for me, that that's totally fine. There's no risk at all. So just uh, head on over unchartedvet.com. Check it out. Guys, let's get into today's episode of the podcast. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. It's me and my buddy, my wingman, my podcast fam. Wait for it. My sister, my sister from another mister, Stephanie, tell me something good God. Hey guys, how's it going? I that was that was a good choice there, Andy. I like that one. Oh, I like that because we're talking about. Hey, can I talk to you? Hey, can I talk to you? I was talking to a veterinarian. It's actually in the Uncharted community, and she said, "My most dreaded phrase as a manager slash owner is, can I talk to you when you get a minute?'" Oh, and she said, man. "It's not that I don't want to talk or uh, that I don't want to help solve problems." It's because I immediately go to the worst case scenario in my head. It's even worse when someone messages me outside of work uh, that they want to talk uh, the next time we get together. This gives me a lot of time to think of every possible scenario and stress or panic over each and every one. Totally. I'd much rather have someone just come talk to me without the heads up. The actual issue is almost always much more benign than my imagination. Is this just me? Has anybody solved this? <laughs> So that's that's her communication. What do you think? Is that completely alien to you? Oh, man. No, uh, absolutely not. It is not just you. In fact, I had this exact scenario yesterday with three members of my team. And <laughs> and I, I did the exact same thing. I as soon as you hear those words, hey, can I talk to you when you get a minute? I don't know if it's just something 
inherent in our human brains, but my brain immediately just goes into catastrophe mode. Like, oh my God, what did I do? What did I screw up? How, you know, what did I, what did I do wrong? How am I affecting this person? I immediately start in on all of the things that I could have done wrong. What about you? Oh, same thing. Same thing. I'm a very creative person. I can come up with all kinds of things to stress about. I uh-huh. start imagining horrible things that uh, they're going to say to me or things that I have done. And you, you would think, cause I, I used to, you know, it used to be when I was a, uh, you know, a vet student and, and somebody would say, hey, can I talk to you? I'm like, oh boy, I have clearly screwed things up. Uh-huh. This, I'm going to get expelled. And then, <laughs> then I was a baby vet and the, and the practice owner was like, Hey, can I talk to you? And I'm like, I'm going to get fired. This is, I don't know what I did. Totally getting fired. Totally. And then, you know, and then, then it was, then I was a, a medium age vet and I was like, I'm still getting fired. You know, <laughs> been, been here five years, no problems, but today is the day. Uh-huh. I don't know why, but I'm getting the ax. And then and then you become like the business owner and your staff says to you, hey, can I talk to you? And you're like, that's it. They're all going to quit and I'm going to go out of business. <laughs> it never stops. It's totally true. It's totally true. And it's and it's an awful thing that our brains do to ourselves, like um, because generally I so if you're talking on a scale of one to 10, our brains immediately put us at a 15. And and yet generally, um, you know, the where the other person is at, is that a five or less? I mean, realistically, in, in my experience, most of those conversations have have been um, not such a big deal in the grand scheme of things versus where your brain immediately puts you. Well, it's, it really is the way that we're hardwiring. You know, in in behavioral psychology, they call it catastrophizing. So catastrophizing is this idea. You get some information and your brain immediately goes to the worst possible thing that can happen. And it happens all the time. We see it in uh, you see it on Facebook now all the time is like anything that's uh, political. I hate to even bring up politics. Anything that's political, uh, we see it and our brain naturally goes to, oh, my God, what about when the people who believe this crazy thing take over our nation and they just do this horrible thing to everyone and there's no control and we're all living in a handmaid's tale. Like that's, what's going to happen. Right. And and it's just, it's, it's maddening and it's not going to happen. And it's, 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 it's ridiculous. You know, um, that's, that's catastrophizing. And it's the same thing here is, is literally the boss says, Hey, can I talk to you real quick about something? Just would you get a break between appointments? I'm not kidding. I literally think I'm going to get fired. Mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. which is there's no basis for me to think that but why do we do that i think it's an evolutionary strategy of if you imagine the worst thing that can possibly happen then then you're then you're less likely to get eaten i mean sure. I, I think that that's it yeah yeah no i and and if you think about it on a on a purely rational and emotional level if your boss comes up to you and says hey you know when you have a minute in between appointments can can we talk for a second really do you think if they're going to fire you that in between appointments, just talking for a second is when they're going to do it? The answer is no, right? But that's immediately where our brains go to. And it's and it's amazing to me how little control we have over that. Oh, yeah. I had a mentor. So when you start to talk about, about how to handle this, I had a mentor. And you know how you have people in your life and they have certain things that they say to you again and again. It's because you need to hear them. But those little catchphrases that wouldn't mean anything to anybody else, but 
but they stick for you. He yep. had one of those with me. And someone would say something like, let's have a meeting or let's get together or let's talk about this. Or, hey, can you give me a call when you get a second? Uh-huh. And I would I'd start to panic. And he would just look at me and he said, Andy, just go see what they say. Hmm? Just go see what they say. And that became this mantra that was in my mind. Whenever I'd start to panic like this, I try to go and hear his voice. And he goes, just go see what they have to say. And now I find myself saying it to other people because, you know, sometimes there's a group and they're like, hey, guys, we're having a meeting today. And everyone starts to go, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Right. Are we going to be in trouble? And I'll say to other people, guys, let's just let's just go with that. See what they have to say. Yeah. Yeah. I I I think that that is a great way to look at it, because really, what what are you going to be able to do even just in terms of processing the information, let alone handling the information, if you don't just sit down and have the conversation and see what they have to say. Right. So let's so let's jump into actually fixing this problem. OK. OK. Um, the first step is recognize catastrophizing. Recognize that what you're imagining is the worst case scenario. Just it's amazing how powerful that is to go, oh, this could happen. I could get fired. That is the worst thing that could happen. And uh-huh. the chances of that happening are minuscule. OK, uh-huh. let's just put that on the table. And just seeing that on the table mentally takes a great load off your shoulders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another another question that that I try and ask myself before it even starts is, do I have all the information yet? And the answer 100% of the time is no. Like no. until you until you sit down and have that conversation, the answer is no. And so until the answer can be yes, it's not even worth freaking out over. Right. And I think that that's the next part is, one, catch yourself catastrophizing. Number two, realize that statistically speaking, it's probably going to be much less uh, damaging or scary than what you think it's going to be. You yeah. don't have the information. It could be a million other things. And just sort of starting to, to take that. Uh, I find that that helpful um, just to start laying those things out. I don't know what's going to happen. Let's just go see what they have to say. I don't know. And and the next part of that, which is sort of related to that, is acceptance. They're going to say what they're going to say. And you agonizing about it for a day changes absolutely nothing. Yep. Yeah. We know that that's true. It's easy for me to sit here and say that. Like, you're, you're not going to change what they say. Yep. Stop worrying about it. Worrying is like a rocking chair. Gives you something to do, doesn't get you anywhere. And that's super easy to say into a microphone, much harder to do when you're in the clinic. Well, and so I guess I guess the question is, how do you how do you turn that questioning off for yourself? Like is there anything you can do um proactively to um get to that point where you're not agonizing over it e- easier? Is there, is there any way, do you have any strategies for how you take control of the situation? Yeah. So this tortured me enough in my life that I really have worked on kind of figuring out how to get around it. Mm-hmm. And a couple of things that, that have been really helpful. So recognizing catastrophizing, that does help me is to, is for me to call myself out and say, yep. you were imagining this terrible thing. That's crazy. Uh, number two, Andy, just go hear what they have to say. Just there's nothing you can do until you hear what they have to say. That's number two. Uh, that's number two. But number three, which is uh, a skill that we pick up, and you have to have this ready to go in your mind. But the big thing that I try to do right now, just for my own health, my own mental health, is ask for clarification right then. 
They'll yeah. say, Andy, um, hey, can I talk to you at the end of the day? And I'll say, yeah, great. What's uh, what's it about? Is is there anything I should do to get ready? Anything I need to be thinking about? And I, I think and I pop back with that. That is a fantastic question, right? Because by by asking a, a better question, um, you're getting more information. You're allowing yourself the space to take control of the situation instead of staying in reactive land where your brain is going to just catastrophize more, whether it's, you know, 10 minutes until you talk or a day until you talk, that that's just where your brain is going to be. And so I think being able to take control of the situation in that way is so key. You just have to you have to kind of figure out what what you might say. And put that into your pocket because if you don't think about it ahead of time, when the time comes, you'll you'll freeze. And it's just I just know doing the math, I come out ahead asking that clarifying question, even if it's a little bit awkward when it comes out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. I would rather have that awkwardness than the anxiety of a day wondering about what's going to happen, wondering what bomb is going to get dropped on me. So I really do like that phrase. Great, totally. What should I do to prepare? What should I be thinking about coming in to make this productive? Yep. Another another thing, um, particularly as a as a manager, that I like to ask, and in fact, I I employed this strategy yesterday when two out of my three people asked me to talk. Um, I said to them, "Hey, you know, my schedule's super busy. I'm often bouncing from thing to thing to thing. Same as a veterinarian. So if um, you know you're on the floor and someone on your team is like, hey, you know, can later when we get a break in appointments, can I talk to you about something? Um, being able to just say to them, you know, absolutely. Can you give me some idea of what you need to talk about so that I make sure that we can carve out enough time to have this conversation? Oh, and, I like that. You know, as a as a manager, as a vet, where you're bouncing between thing to thing, it it does two things. One, it it gives you more information, but it really does also um, make it about them because the reality is, if one of my people literally just has a quick question and wants to sit down and and ask me, oh hey, you know. Um, I got asked this by a client and I need some clarification for what is our official policy. That conversation is probably going to take five minutes as opposed to, you know, one of my people telling me, hey, I, I you know, I'm having some problems at home or I'm, you know, I, I've got something going on or, um, you know, something bigger that is going to be a conversation where we actually might need to sit down and have a closed door half hour um you know, hour long conversation. And if that's what they need, I want to be able to meet them where they're at instead of saying, oh, sure. Yeah, you want to talk. I literally have five minutes for you. And it's really a half hour conversation. I I love when we do this and you and I get together and we trade playing cards that work Um, because we both come at it. We 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 come at problems a little differently, which is why our conversations are so productive for me. So, yeah. I play the card of what do I need to do to prepare to make mm-hmm. this meeting valuable for you? Yep. And you come at it and you play the time card, which is I want to make sure I have enough time for you. Let me yep. know what we're talking about so I can block. It's just it's genius. Uh, I think both of those cards work. Now I mm-hmm. now I'm going to use the time card because that that's true too. Is I do I want to hear you, and it really is in both of those cases. We're both we're both taking the same approach because this is how we think is 
go back to the other person. How do I want to make this good for you? Give me information so that I can make this better and more helpful for you. And now I'm getting what I need, which is the information so that I'm not panicking and freaking out. And you're going to have a more productive meeting when we get together. And so I think that's the win. And so when people come to me and they say, hey, can I talk to you when you get a moment? Hey, can we get together tomorrow? Hey, can we set up a meeting? I think that those are great things to play. Let's step to the other side of the conversation because now, now we just kind of made life harder for the other person. The person who says, I need to talk to you, but I don't want to unpack it all right here in the treatment room Mm -hmm. with other people standing around and you're trying to go into an appointment. Mm -hmm. We don't have time to talk about this thing now. And you have asked me what's going on to schedule it or what's going on so that you can be more prepared. Initial thoughts on. So first of all, let me just say, I think the let me I want to ask you questions and I start to answer myself. (laughs) I know I do that. I'm sorry. (laughs) I do. But but I, I want to say, I think that as a leader, hear what we're saying here. And know that this freaks people out. Even if you're like, I've never been freaked out when someone said, I want to talk to you. I just go in there because I know I'm going to be fine. That's confidence that most of us don't have. (laughs) I can't even, I can't even imagine that level of confidence. Oh no, I can't. Like that's a, that's a Ron Burgundy out of touch with reality (laughs) level of confidence. Totally. I totally can see. I've seen that. Uh, I, I have never in my life been concerned uh-huh. what other people think or say. That's not healthy. So um, for the for the 99.9% of the rest of us. <laughs> right. Realize that if you ask to talk to someone later and don't tell them why, you're probably going to ruin the majority of their day between now and when you talk to them. Yes. And we just don't we just don't need to do that. So take ownership of this as a leader and stop doing this whenever you can. Yeah, I I think that that is is really key. And I think it's it's human nature to uh, on the flip side of it. If you're asking to have a hard conversation, you've already taken control. You've already gotten up the the. Um, you know, the confidence to say, hey, I need to have a conversation with you. And just in and of itself, for a lot of people, that's really hard. And so recognize that you're going to have even more power if you can approach the situation by giving them enough information that they can receive it better um, and that they can process it a little bit easier. You know, if somebody comes to me and is like, hey, I I know you're super busy, Um I, I need to talk to you, you know, I need 10 or 15 minutes of your time. And if they follow it up by saying, I'm having a problem with somebody else on the team, or I'm having a problem at home, or I've got some questions about some of our policies um, and procedures, because I, I feel like there's um, some, you know, challenges between the team or whatever the issue is, even if they just give you that little bit of information, you're allowing the other person to immediately um, switch their brain out of catastrophe mode and into problem solving mode. And and I think the reality is, is that unless you're saying to a total stranger, hey, can I talk to you? You have a relationship with this person. And so both of your goals are to have successful communication back and forth, right? So that other person is not going to say, well, um, you know, no, I don't want to have a conversation with you about that. Even... <laughs> 
you know, they're they're going to say, yeah, how how can I how can I help? Right. And that that's exactly it. So, you know, the mental game here is if I'm going to come and ask you and say, hey, Stephanie, uh, can I talk to you at the end of the day before you go home? The best thing for me is to go ahead and play this game and say before I talk to you, OK, if Stephanie says, how much time do I need or what do I need to do to prepare? What am I going to say to her? Mm-hmm. And if I go ahead and, and pretend that you're going to ask me that, I know you're going to ask me that, I can go ahead and figure out what I'm going to say or what my response is, and then I can just give that to you when we start. Does that make some sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And and I think that what you said is is totally key. You said when you are a leader that you have to um, take, take the approach of proactively um, – uh, you know, kind of addre- addressing the concern. And I think that that's so key because it's not just about people in positional power, me as a manager, you as a veterinarian, um, taking ownership and leadership of the situation. It's that um, all of us, regardless of our position, um, the, the positional power that we may or may not have on the team, being able to take control and be a leader in that conversation between two human beings and to me that that is so important because um i personally experienced a dramatic um shift in improvement in my communication as a team member um when i was a csr in being able to have hard conversations with my practice owners when i started um looking at things from a leadership perspective and acknowledging the fact that I'm, you know, I am in not necessarily in a seat of positional power, but I can take control of the situation just the same as the practice owner can. A hundred percent. I mean, relational power is, is where it's at. You know, we, we're all on this team together. You know, if you're a manager or a practice owner or an associate vet and you're worth your salt, at all, man, if you're, if your techs come to you, if your people come to you and they're like, Hey, I need to talk to you. Can we schedule some time? You're, you're going to do it, you know, and you're going to care what they say. So they do have power. And, and I say that to people, I don't care what your title is in the practice. You do have power. And if your mm-hmm. owners, uh, practice ownership, management, leadership team, your doctors, if they don't care about you, then they're, they suck. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and it's- that's it. So right, right now, there's a lot of people who are just going, okay, I hear the, the words you're saying. This doesn't make a lot of sense because I'm going to go and I'm going to be like, hey, Karen, I need to talk to you tomorrow afternoon because your attitude stinks and I'm thinking about cutting your hours. Let's make some time. Uh, and, and that's supposed to be a better path forward, Andy, really? So that's what they're thinking. I, I think at this point we have to we have to lay down – we have to lay down a mindset that's really vital here. And for me, it's about switching from evaluation to development. And so when I come to you and I say, hey, Steph, I need to talk to you uh, before you leave. Is that okay? Your fear is that I'm going to come. I have something critical. I have something that's damaging or I'm going to come and say, you messed up. Mm-hmm. Let me yeah. hold you accountable. Yep, 100%. And if I tell you, Steph, uh, at the end of the day, I need to talk to you about your attitude. That's not helping. That is no better than me. That's worse than me saying I need to talk to you and then not telling you what I'm going to talk about, which is why we end up in the situation where we don't tell people what we want to talk to them about. 
there's a better way. And the better way is when you're going to have these meetings, if you have to get onto someone's calendar, Mm -hmm. if you have to say, I need to talk to you in the future, like I I need I need Mm -hmm. to schedule that time. Mm -hmm. You have got to frame this in a developmental way, not an evaluation way, not a critical way. And so let's say that um, that I was going to talk to you uh, about your attitude and Mm -hmm. say, Steph, (laughs) I need to talk to you about your attitude before you leave today. I'm not going to say that. What I'm going to say is something like, hey, Steph, I want to talk to you about um, I want to do a leadership development meeting with you and sort of talk about where you are and where you're going and just check in. Do you have some time at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. And you, I'm not being super clear about what that is, but I am talking about leadership development. You say, well, what should I do to prepare? And I would say, think about where you are. Think about where you'd like to go, what you'd like to accomplish, how you see yourself as a leader. And let's have this check in meeting. Well, and I think I think that what you said is so important because there is a vast difference between I need to talk to you about your attitude tomorrow and hey, I want and you know and I you know maybe I I want you to think about it. I don't want you to think about how, how things are going. There's such a vast difference between that and I want to do a leadership development meeting to talk about where you're at and where you're going. And for me, the difference between those two is the shift of power. So if you come to me and you say, I want to talk to you about your attitude tomorrow, I am immediately, I, I immediately feel like I have no control. Uh, I am put into that place of, uh, I feel shamed. My mind immediately starts racing of what did I do wrong? How am I going to have to fix it? How am I going to have to talk myself out of a hole? I go in a very negative direction. But when you say, I want to do a leadership development meeting with you tomorrow, even if you say, I want to talk about where you're at, how things have been going, and where you're going, even if my mind immediately springs to, oh, God, I forgot to put out the lab samples yesterday, and I'm sure he's really pissed about that. And like, even if your mind goes in that direction, you still have a measure of control because you're asking me to think about where am I and where do I want to go? And it doesn't feel like the conversation is going to end. You have still shifted the control to me. And now it's it's my responsibility to think about how am I going to prepare for this conversation? And how am I, you know, do I have things that I need to bring to the table in terms of acknowledgments about where things might not be going so great, but we're looking at it in a forward developmental way. And so to me, that's, that's, there's a huge power shift in terms of my own personal control of the conversation and that it feels very much like a two-way street versus a, I'm going to talk at you and tell you what you're doing wrong, which is how I, how I view the the first statement. No, I, I think you're, I think you're exactly right. I love that you see it that way as, as a power thing. I, I hadn't thought of it necessarily that way, but, but you're, you're exactly right. The way, I guess the way that I, I always think about it, and, and I think that your power statement is probably why this works and it's true. Whenever we start to evaluate staff, I just find it so much more productive to break out of the mindset of let's talk about the past up to the present because that's done. It's set. No one can change it. It's over. If we talk about, let's talk about the present and the future. Mm -hmm. That's unwritten story. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. we can change that. And I think a lot of us overly focus on the past and on people 
apologizing for what they did and accepting responsibility. And I get that. And I like my people to accept responsibility, you know, when, when we make mistakes and we're all human and we all make mistakes. Yep. But I really care much more about what you do in the future because the mistake we made yesterday over, it's done. That client is angry and we have to deal with the fallout and you apologizing profusely while, while I appreciate you taking responsibility, it doesn't change our current position. Mm Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. really my focus is how do we change this in the in the future? And so I just I like stuff to, you know, it doesn't help for me to grab you and say, Steph, let's talk about the dumpster fire at the front desk <laughs> yesterday afternoon. That's not helpful. I mean, it's much better to me to say, hey, Steph, can I get on your on your calendar for the end of the day before you take off? I want to talk to you about how we can make appointments go more smoothly and get your thoughts on that. Is that okay? That just, I mean, it just feels so much better. Just, oh, yeah. just, just even hearing it because it just, um, you know, it turns off that, that um, part of our brain that immediately hits the panic button and rushes to, um, you know, how, how am I going to defend this? How am I going to justify this? What, you know, what do I need to do to apologize for this? all of those things. And it just, it, it puts you into problem solving mode, which, which I just love. And it's, that's actually one of the things that I love about Uncharted and, and the community that we have is I feel like when, um, you know, just, just like this, this post and, and the community member who shared this, um, you know, when she came to the table, it was like, Hey, here's, here's something that I'm truly wrestling with. And it could have just been like, God, don't you just hate it when your team comes to you and says, you know, um, hey, I want to talk to you tomorrow. It could have been um, shared in a very like frustrating. I'm just I'm just putting it out there because I need to vent kind of way. Um, And and you get the sense that that there is frustration. Right. Like I I clearly still got that. But the way that um, the way that it was approached was, hey, this is something that's upsetting me. This is something that's challenging me. How do I how do I do something about this? How do I solve this problem? And and I love being able to come at it um, from from that direction, um, even within the context of this conversation. If you can go um, and have the response back to somebody and say, "Sure, what do you need? How can I help you address this this challenge?" It just feels so much better. Oh yeah, no, I completely agree. I agree with both parts. So this absolutely sums up Uncharted where it's not people coming and venting. It's people coming and saying, this gives me anxiety. Am I the only one? And then her question was, what do we do about it? Mm-hmm. God, I mm-hmm. love that. That's uncharted in a nutshell. So what do we yeah. do about it? So that's, you know, that's why we're here. Yeah. So um, no, just to hit on exactly what you said. When I said, hey, Steph, let's talk about the dumpster fire at the front desk yesterday. I didn't say anything about you or your performance, you know, or right. you're being responsible or anything. But your brain immediately goes to... Yes. Whose fault was it? Yes. Did, was I at fault? Am I going to have to yes. defend myself? Did someone say it was my fault? Was it Sharon? Damn it, Sharon. <laughs> like, is, that, is that where your head goes? It probably it's totally is. It's true. It's totally true. So, but instead, hey, let's talk about how to make appointments go more smoothly. I want to get your input. Man, now you go from feeling like you're on the defense stand and the prosecutor's grilling you. Right. You know, to going to, hey, I'd like your input. I'd like you to help me fix this problem. And you're not defending yourself. Your mindset is in, 
how do we make this better so it doesn't happen again in the future? Yeah. That's what we want. Yeah, but absolutely. coming to you at the very beginning and saying, I'd like to get some time with you before you head out for the day. I need your thoughts on blank. That That's the most productive way. And it's a small thing, but it really, not for Stephanie, it's not because that's her whole day of worrying about it. Yeah. And and honestly, that's the type of anxiety that wears on people. They want to feel safe at work. This is how, as a leader, we make them feel safe. Yeah, I love it. I cool, love man. it. Well, that's all I got. You got anything else? No, this is a this is a good one. And I think the biggest thing that I have to say is, dude, you guys are not alone. I mean, but I think, but <laughs> I think anybody who anybody who knows you or I knows that we're both. Um, fairly outgoing, confident people. But I'll tell you, I've been doing this for, um, you know, 16 years this year, and I still get that pit of anxiety and uh, it's immediate um, level of stress that hits 110 when somebody says, hey, can I, hey, can I talk to you tomorrow? I, I, I still do. So you are, you are not alone. And I think we just have to develop some coping skills. Um, whether you're in a position like mine where you have to have hard conversations all the time or you're just going about your everyday job and you want to be able to improve your relationships with your your coworkers it it doesn't matter which seat you're in the the end result still needs to be the same which is that you're going to get a much better and much more quality response if you have a quality request to begin with yep i agree all right guys have a wonderful week thanks guys And that is a wrap for the week. I hope it was helpful. I hope maybe there were some ideas in there that you enjoyed and got something out of. Maybe some communication tips that you can put into practice. As always, I would be so thrilled if you found time to head over to iTunes and write us an honest review of the podcast. It helps us find other people and convince them to give us their time so we can help them. And that is the greatest gift that we have to offer. So it means a lot to me. Anyway, have a wonderful week. See you back soon.